0: Dr. Adam Coons here with Reverend Jonathan, two white guys, just talking about, well, history, which is brief because I've only been around since 78. It's not that long and that's all that matters, right? So a history of power, that would be not my life, but the experience of the moralistically oppressive, structurally destructive, postmodern, inclusive I don't even know. Who are we? What are we doing? We're trying to figure out who we are. That's exactly it. And we don't even know who the president is, Adam. How many of our prophecies came true? I don't know. But I know this. A lady in my church who used to work for an independent newspaper, unique lady, um, kind, faithful, not the easiest to talk to, very analytical, very detail-oriented. Really the kind of person you want doing, like, first deep nose research and again she worked for the independent news here in rockford for many years so she hands yeah. me a packet of information on sunday and she wants to express to me her concern about the election and of course i'm kind of already there with her a little bit in my own way i think it's dirty pool one way or the other um but you know i i thought i'll look through this because as much as she does Sometimes tell me that her cats talk to her, and I try to tell her that they don't. Uh, you know, she nonetheless does do this deep dive research. So here's yeah. an article. I don't know who who where it's from though. Just just a copy she gave me, and it's by Jamie White. If you want to try to Google that name, and the article is called Rod Belagaevich. Democrats committing widespread voter fraud never seen it on such a magnitude. November sixth, twenty twenty, coming out of the Democratic Chicago political establishment. Establishment, I know how they operate. End quote says former Illinois governor, former Democrat Illinois Governor Rod Rod Blagojevich claimed the Democrats have been rigging elections for decades as part of a quote time honored tradition. End quote. Adding he ost- he's astonished by their committing fraud on quote such a magnitude end quote, with the presidential election. After having served nearly eight years in federal prison for corruption, Blagod, I still don't know his name, Blogodjevich, a Democrat himself, was able to lend his unique insight about Democrat fraud taking place in battleground states amid the election. Quote, It's a time-honored tradition in a big Democrat-controlled cities like Chicago, my hometown, Philadelphia, to do precisely what they're doing now, Blagodjevich told Newsmax on Friday. Must be who, where this is from, is Newsmax. Um, I've, uh, continuing the quote, I've never seen it on such a magnitude, because this is an indication of just how widespread it is, how deep it is, and I don't think that it's confined to Philadelphia. Continuing the quote, my instincts, <laughs> yeah, right, Agreed. Right, right. this, is, this Agreed. is the governor, though, this is the governor who spent years in jail for doing this stuff, right? Um, yeah. He's like, my instincts, continuing the quote, again, coming out of Chicago Democratic politics, my instincts tell me it's going on in Atlanta, it's going on in Detroit, going on in Milwaukee, it's going on in Las Vegas, he continued. Bogdanovich explained how the corrupt Democrat machine works in the inner cities, saying they essentially control the entire election apparatus, quote, coming out of the Democratic Chicago political establishment, I know how they operate, he said. Quote, they control control polling places, uh, comma, they stop votes when their candidate is behind, comma, and then in the wee hours of the morning, comma, in the dark of night, comma, the stealing starts, uh, period, end quote. And then another quote, uh, and we've seen that in big numbers, in unprecedented numbers in this election in Michigan and in Philadelphia. It's outrageous. Mm -hmm. Blagojevich then stated that the the Democrats are being so brazen about their fraud because they know they have the support of the media. Yeah, go figure. Right. That's my there's my opinionation right there. Um, Two more quotes. Uh, from him, right, and the fact that they're doing it with the impunity they're doing it with is because the media is simply looking the other way, because they have their corrupt mainstream media that's not interested in protecting our Constitution or the rule of law, they just want to beat Donald Trump at all costs. I mean, that sounds like a, like a, a talking point, so, okay, sure, sure, sure uh, ex-con, but, but at the same time, like, oh, wait, you kind of would know, I guess. Uh, and, <laughs> uh, you know, last quote, and, and they're not just stealing from Donald Trump, it's worse than that, they're stealing from most the American people, he added. And that's where, well, I mean, that's what he... Is a professional, at and at least did yep. his time for, and I, I you know, cons can vote after they get out of it, I think, can't they? So, uh, he might be invested, I don't know. But, you want to talk about uh, your well, how you said it so much more professionally? It was, it was, uh, I don't know, the election. Well, how'd you say it? You said it well, you
1: use these big words post post election analysis.
0: There you go, now we but sound see,
1: professional, okay? But, I don't, you like full disclosure, you're not paying me as much as the people that go on CNN to do the same thing get paid. So that's right. But you might actually be
0: right as opposed to just say something (laughs) and have no accountability tomorrow
1: and just go on. Like
0: we have people who listen and we'll call you out and you'll have to deal with it or we'll not be able to go on. So uh, skin of the
1: game. Here we go. This is, this is the number one reader response podcast on the internet. We will respond if you write. I would say that we were proven right in that something we're constantly hammering on the The role of the media and what you get coming through the screen and the stories you're told matter more than anything else. So you may or may not be aware of when things started to slow down on election night. It was after our broadcast, because at the time of our broadcast, it was all allowed to be publicly apparent that Trump was way out ahead and had flipped Lots of things. So even in Texas, for instance, vastly Hispanic majority counties, Trump was winning. This has never happened before for a Republican it's radical. president. Yeah. And, radical. and just Crazy. say nothing of the yeah. black
0: vote, which we don't even need to come back to, but that even that he changed as much of the black vote as he did right. is yeah. insane
1: and should have such right. dr- dire ramifications on the, the way that the votes panned out. So, right. <laughs> right. And some of people's narrative, even about a place like Detroit or Philadelphia, is going to was off even in 2016, let alone this year. So, if you're being asked in a year in which Trump is flipping even black votes, if you're being asked to believe that. Oh, we got one hundred and forty three thousand mail in ballots in Philadelphia, Philadelphia, which is only about 40 percent black for the record. It's not nearly as black as Detroit, but we got one hundred and forty three thousand votes mailed in in Philadelphia. And they just all happen to be Biden votes. It's just I mean, it's completely absurd. Right. 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 Uh, Or that, you know, there are plenty of people voting for both Joe Biden and Republican Senator Sonny Perdue in Georgia. Okay, thank you. Right. You know, so the issue here is always about narrative. I mean, it is about process. And I would just say for anybody that's listening and doesn't know this, nothing is official constitutionally until the votes are ratified by the state legislatures. So the idea that Joe Biden is officially the president elect is false. And I did not remember. Maybe I didn't even know. I mean, I I was politically politically cognizant at the time. Uh, I might have been in utero in the year 2000, but I was politically cognizant. And you can find newspaper front pages, because we still had things like that in the year 2000, saying Al Gore is the president-elect. Right. Because the the same thing happened. Now, it felt different because we weren't media saturated the way we are since smartphones in the year 2000. Right, right. We basically had newspaper and TV. And that was a lot, but it was less than- It wasn't like now. It was nothing like now. No, no. And people still knew phone numbers and it was was a whole different world. So, but you can find these newspaper front pages saying Al Gore is the president-elect from this weird time between- the final counting of the votes now at that time it was only florida yep. and it wasn't it wasn't hey i oh, live this i live this man dimpled chad dimpled chad yeah, it, it yeah and it wasn't like oh fox just called arizona for biden now strangely the vote counting has really begun to slow down in all these rust belt battleground states right that's really weird how right. that happened right No, it it wasn't wasn't... anything
0: like that. I mean, having lived through that, it was a close race, or it came off as just being a close race, and then this one county in Florida, which continued to have problems every quadro, or every every vote until this one, when they fired the Democrat who had Mm -hmm. been there before, she finally got out, and then they got their thing together, and Florida was fine this year. But every year, Florida was that issue. That year, the vote was so close, they needed the Electoral College in Florida, and then it went to the Supreme Court, which caused time to elapse, during which... Al Gore was claiming – after, by the way, conceding that night – first he conceded. He he did the honorable thing. The historic – this is so important to me. The historic tradition was that when it seems like it's called at the end of the night, you concede. He made the phone call and conceded. The next morning, he called back and recanted his concession after it was unsure about Florida, et cetera, et cetera. It goes to the courts, and I don't even know uh, enough about the courts to say whether that was a good decision. Everyone was pissed, but by then we were practically at war, actually. Well –
1: uh, there you know there there was a supreme court decision you can go find it and read it bush v gore but i would stress that the legal process here contrary to modern american understanding of how important judges are the legal process here is certification by state legislators because they play that crucial role right, right. in the electoral college process which is actually what elects the president and i'm not saying that because i believe in procedure absent from these other processes. I'm saying because people throw around the term official and it's not official.
0: Right. But the media is trying to gaslight us into it being official. And my my question would be, I mean, how would we even know if the electoral college was bought? I would think that'd be the easiest thing to buy of all. Honestly, you only got to get a few people. It's not like the masses. It'd be a lot easier to do fraud that way. Uh, You wouldn't even need the rest of this, Uh, except for that we would have known it was against something. Right. So I I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I don't care either, in a sense.
1: Right. Well, because the hinge there between the vote on, you know, in November, and the Electoral College, the hinge is the state legislature. I would say that if you have any hope that the right thing will be done, and coincidentally, and I think fortuitously, the legislatures in Georgia, Pennsylvania, uh, Wisconsin, and Michigan are all Republican controlled. Oh, interesting. I would say pressure your state legislators, if you live in those states, for them to do the right thing. Because here are a couple realities about state legislatures. Basically, nobody cares. A person like me might know who my state legislator is, who my state rep is or my state senator. But I am not a normal human being. Okay, normal human beings don't know who those people are. I
0: just got involved this year and my local guy, he might lose. He 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 was called uh, the victor. This is house Mm -hmm. to the the local house in Springfield. He was called the victor by 700 votes. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. how that's how small a deal voting for this guy is, yeah. right? And yeah. I like him a lot. Yeah. I don't want to demean him or his office whatsoever. It's important in my community, but we don't see this anywhere near the same scalar effect as, say, what we're talking about in, in the bigger picture.
1: Right. And part of the problem is that people that are ambitious might start in a state legislature, a House or a Senate. That's where Obama started in electoral office, was in the Illinois State Senate. But if you fast track. Ha-
0: fast track through South Chicago. He was Miami. definitely
1: he was definitely <laughs> fast tracked. And um, there are there are two really interesting podcasts. I don't think they pulled them down, both from WBZ Chicago, which is NPR. And I mean, so keep that in mind. But one is about Obama and one is about Rod Blagojevich. Hmm. And they're fairly open about what the power processes are. Hmm. So those two podcasts, along with that book that I've talked about before, The Boss, by Mike Royko. Ordered about, it. Ordered it. Yeah, over it's there. a great. It's a great book, and you can see how how the votes get counted, what you need to do, when they'll stop the process. Wait, what you was know, the other book you
0: just mentioned? Though you mentioned another book beside the boss. Well, oh,
1: that's that's the boss. There are, there are two W B E Z podcasts. Oh right, right. One's about Blagojevich. One's about Obama. They're both about power and politics. Okay, and those are really helpful because everything that happened. What is that? Is it last week or two weeks? I guess it was just last week. It was, I think, a week ago today, Adam. I mean, I know there was a a blue
0: moon and then some, right? So it was a little skew, but yeah, just a week.
1: You know, I I remember what happened in 1607, but, you know, with a a 24-hour news cycle, it gets a little fuzzy these days. It is tough. But none of what happened last Tuesday night was at all unprecedented. It's just that most people are very naive about electoral politics and they believe that it is somehow a process that will happen. And, and I mean, you know, maybe that's true for your, your township supervisor. It's a completely open process and you're freely debating things. But when there's lots of power on the line, especially with the American presidency, but the reason that this gets kind of uh, previewed in major city politics is because you have the capacity. It's big enough to matter a lot and it's small enough to be controlled. Hmm you have these processes that have been in place for generations. I mean, the machine in Philadelphia was not even invented by Democrats. They inherited that operation from Republicans and they finally took it over. It was a Republican city all the way until the 1950s and they've had it ever since, but the machine works the same way it did in 1915. So none of this is new. What they, what machine politicians have always understood is that if the process can be manipulated the really important thing is how the media talks about the process and whether or not they talk about
0: it. Let me me push back on that for just that reason. So the thing that is new is that the person in the town who believes in an authentic voting process and sees one has been projecting that same assumption onto city politics for a long time. And now we have enough news that it's kind of like you can sit there and pretend it ain't true. If you like rose-colored glasses, that's great. You go. Maybe next year I'll be proven wrong, but it sure yeah. looks like South Chicago ain't just in South Chicago anymore, and this is demonstrable history from South Chicago. So what do you do, right? Yeah. And, and, and to, at the scale, this is, the, this is the, the ignorance of the thing. I mean, the emperor's clothes are going to come off, or they're off already, right?
1: Like They're totally. What they don't yeah, see,
0: off. I don't think, is, is the, uh, the scale of the move and yeah. betrayed it, right? It's, it's too right. easy to see it now. It's too it's big. So you can't do it yeah. at this size and, and have in a media age like ours, it not be seen. So is the internet what caused it? Is the internet what could save us from it? And yes, probably. And then some. I
1: right. think the internet is in this case, generally a positive thing because obviously the, the, the non-internet media narrative, which is why they are, censoring even Trump's Twitter at this point. I mean, it is that brazen. The non-internet media narrative is we had to wait, blah, 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 blah. Of course, the number of mail-in ballots has nothing to do with lockdowns, blah, 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 blah. Congratulations, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Okay. Hmm. So the internet enables us to have other sources of information and to do things like check records to find dead voters in Wayne County, Michigan, that we really wouldn't have physical access to, even if you go back to 2000, let alone 1950 or something. Right, right. So I I see the internet as very powerful and positive in this specific case, because it enables you to have, to keep rabbit holes open that otherwise would be closed. I'm with you. I'm
0: just, until they turn it off. You
1: know, right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, we do not, we do not trust in the interwebs because it could just go away. Right. Well, what I, was, mean, I don't
0: know if I shared this with you or someone else recently, but it was uh, It came across my feed. The tech that China uses to turn the internet off in yeah. China, well, they right. bought it from our people who developed it here. These companies mm-hmm. who are the ones censoring the president and talking to congressmen as if it was nothing and not really worried about, the fact that they right. were before the Senate, uh, yeah. they're the ones who developed this tech to turn it right. off.
1: Right. That, yeah, you and- know. Yeah, I, I, don't, I,
0: I don't care because I'm gonna rise from the dead. That's just me. But I'm not gonna pretend it ain't like a quinky dink, right? Like, wow, look at that. Gee, gee, Bobby, this looks like some crazy stuff right here. You know,
1: it it, it is it is something of a of a coincidence to use a word. But but I, for I, anyone older yeah.
0: than my age, they can't see it, man. They just don't want to see it. And is, and so you have, you that you make the so, claim that people are under your age have a a more in, 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 in native intuition to this. I'd be interesting, listeners who you are, how old you are and how easy this has been a pill to swallow that we're even talking about this as LCMS pastors and no one's going to come after us. He's a seminary professor for goodness sakes. And no one's going to come after him for this. Why? Because it's that convoluted right now because the white yeah. noise is that big right now.
1: The, uh, white, the white noise is that big. And I think also, even if they did come after me, I mean, for one, partly because of the internet, you and I have constituencies that are not dependent upon traditional church channels right which is great um and, and 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 in a way that makes it more honest because what we are able to say are things that really if you just have your eyes open and you have an internet connection you can see so things like oh well but twitter's a private corporation so they can do whatever they want I'm totally fine with that if someone in, you know, a hardware store doesn't want to sell me something because it's a small town and he knows I'm going to do something stupid or dangerous with it. Right. I'm fine with that. That's what that was built for. It wasn't built to have things that function as public utilities, right? as forums for debate. I mean, I, what I want is basically just for the FCC to say that, look, you know, Twitter and Facebook are basically roads. So no, you can't do whatever you, you. Just because you don't like what he says doesn't mean you're allowed to kick him off the road. Information roads, information superhighways,
0: right? The internet is the information superhighway. You know, there's a lot of network going on, right? And if you privately control a whole section of it, then you – that's what they know, though. They've known this since the beginning. That's why they're mining our data and then selling it back to us. I mean, it is (sighs) – Matrix, Google's on, whatever – I think we're just as likely to get knocked over by some radical Islamic thing because we get too weak as to actually fall under the reign of the machines. I've seen mm-hmm. all the movies. They're all possibilities, I guess. Back to the election, though. Yeah. What we should expect to see is what the Electoral College having the possibility that the state legislatures, which are Republican or conservative controlled, ending up voting with an Electoral College um, amount, or 270 votes going to Donald Trump is what you're suggesting. Yeah. And then yeah. with the potential of that going to court, oh, wouldn't it be sweet justice? All these, uh, you know, Kavanaugh is probably the best one. Uh, Kavanaugh uh, having a chance to, to confront Kamala Plain. Uh And then you have the fact that Borking exists because of, the, actually, Joe Biden. He's the first one to create right. this Borking yep. process. And yet, the very idea of a conservative judge is they're not a respecter of persons. And so, every time a conservative judge is put on the court, we actually heard our ourselves just a touch more than the other side, which believes in agenda driven legislating from the bench. So I'm still not convinced that guarantees that Trump win, even if the Electoral College should come to that. But hey, whatever. Go ahead. Defend it.
1: Well, I, I, I don't think anything is guaranteed. I'm saying things are much more open. And what the media is currently trying to do to you, hmm. if you believe in, you know, not 143,000 ballots that happen to all just be Joe Biden voters, They don't even vote for anything else down the ballot. Where
0: is that one? And can we get a link to that at all? To any first source for that?
1: I've seen Um, that, but
0: it's important that we try to track that down if we can.
1: I found it it on Revolver, but Revolver's an aggregator. So Mm. you'd have to go to revolver.news and look for these kind of vote fraud stories of which there are more every day. So how do you discern that that is not a red herring? That's not a lie. Because... Nope. Even in Philadelphia. So, so let me give you let me no, let me let me just give you like we're talking about probabilities here. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about probabilities, both with the vote counts and with the assorted legal processes now and in the next month or so. But in probabilities. Right. Philadelphia is actually 40 percent white and 40 percent black. Whites in major cities tend to be mostly liberal, but not exclusively. And northeast Philadelphia generally is white enough. It elects a Republican congressman every time. So what you're okay. saying
0: is that there is a – there there was a dump, a lump sum dump
1: of mail-in ballots. Not was, unique to Philadelphia, but in the case of Philadelphia, you get dumps and they're all Biden votes and the ballot is not filled out for anything down the ballot, which should be a smattering of a lot of different right. stuff. Right, and
0: they're all mail-ins basically.
1: Yeah. They're mm-hmm. all mail-ins. Yeah. yeah, they all come in later because the Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania so, Supreme so, Court – So the
0: person on Twitter who's going to disagree with this is going to say something like – No, that's just a pile of them that got counted and it got misconstrued and someone saw it Mm -hmm. and made up a story to make it sound Mm -hmm. like this so that you would believe that because of Nazis.
1: Right, right. And so the issue here is that the thing that I'm thinking about long term is a little bit different from the various procedures that like the Trump administration and Republican attorneys general and lots of other groups. And if you care and you live in these states, you should be showing up to stuff like this are interested in over the next month's time the thing that, that I think about for the future is kind of a lot bigger than that. Because at this point, and I think they realize their capacity to change people's minds with lockdown stuff, where you had open contradictions. Okay, there's no masks here, but it's a protest, so it's okay. If you have COVID-19, it's okay. You can still go vote. They realize- what sheep people are that we don't even pay attention yeah, to what they wh- say. how people would follow. Just so, tell me what to do. So- People are not going to think, oh, you know, even even in like 2016, what percentage of votes could we statistically expect Trump to have received in Philadelphia or in Detroit? Did he get that percentage of votes in a random sampling of mail-in ballots? No, not even close. It wasn't even close to 15 percent in Philadelphia. That's weird. People don't. They're not going to do that, and they're not going to do anything about it politically, even if they realize it. You That's said a moment ago. You said
0: a ago. You know, people don't stop to think about it. And you went on, and I want you to stop right there because this is the point we're trying to make about the media: is the media has got you so spun which way you don't even know that you're not stopping to think. Nobody right. is stopping to think. They all think they're thinking. But they're not, they're not taking a moment to, to consider what it means, and that's, I think, yeah. why it's right in front of your eyes but you can't see it until right. you go to alt sources and start trying to put together your own narrative from behind. Which then, to me, I, I realized as I was kind of playing the conspiracy theorist advocate there, the conspira- when, you, when you get called a, conspira- a conspiracy theorist by someone on, on, the, on the left, mm-hmm. they are actually subscribing to a conspiracy theory about the development of conspiracy theories in the right – which I would contend, if you follow their narrative, is even more, you know, frantically wrought,
1: convoluted, with, yeah, convoluted yeah.
0: and insanely religious than anybody yeah. just saying, you know, I think there's maybe voter fraud in Philly and Chicago, and it's maybe, right, right. It's not really this big conspiracy. Yeah. Oh my goodness, you're right. out of the limb, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, all I'm saying is that especially machines, big city machines, in states that were disputed notice no one saying that there was an unusually low number of trump votes in massachusetts or los angeles notice that the issue only happened in battleground states and that weird
0: yeah. So, so L.A. Okay. magically like voted a lot more for Trump this time, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, right. you know, Hispanics right. magically voted a lot more right, for right. Trump. You know, can can you can we divert entirely <laughs>
0: into so who was controlling the machine then in Portland where Ted Wheeler should have lost to the the Maoist uh, lady that ran against him? And yet she didn't. Yeah. And so yeah. but she was getting protested by Antifa, which is right. like like who do they think they're serving? Anyway, right. your thoughts on that, if you have any.
1: Yeah, sure. I I think that one thing that you know, if you know anything about these big cities is that, yes, ideologically, anything that you could call conservatism is now excluded. However, politics go on as a process. So even though they morph into something that is no longer a constitutional or Republican, small r Republican form of government, they're totally social democratic patronage regimes. You still have political factions, they just reform somewhere else On the spectrum. And what's happening then is the dynamic that you get anytime you have an unstable leftist regime, which is absent a force challenging it from the right, which obviously you're not going to get in Portland, Oregon right now, you're going to get fracturing And so, what usually wins in those cities, and I think this is part of the case for Wheeler, as it is for the case with like Jim Kenny in Philadelphia. I don't know enough about Detroit. Maybe this is even,
0: I think your point even is why Biden is the ticket leader.
1: Yes, good. Is because what a leftist regime wants is not necessarily some specific ideological outcome. Like, Biden had to change on like transgender eight-year-olds the same way Obama had to change on gay marriage over time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So they'll let themselves be pushed from the left ideologically, but they can't cede power because there are specific ideas that they have about things like real estate redevelopment, uh, zoning. Yeah, they still want
0: their money to, to flow. Yeah. They don't yeah, want they, everyone else's stuff. They need their right. system. To, the spices right. got to run
1: because remember that the left in the United States is a coalition of both ideological groups like Black Bloc, where you have largely white kids motivated by ideology. Then you have a bunch of different racial groups. But at the top, you have a group that is not racially homogeneous, but it is homogeneously wealthy. What's, what's those amazing, are usually the folks running the thing.
0: If I can, if I can sorry, to, to jump in, it's just, it's just stunning, though. It's so so uh, I don't know her name, but the candidate running against Wheeler in Portland, then, she she represents a despising, a hatred of what Wheeler represents and the DNC. And yet her story nationally is set against the Trumpian story by every single outlet that you look at, even though locally what is going on is a a despising of – well, DNC corrupted processes, honestly, and, right. and you have a, a fascist or neo-fascist response to it from the ground in Portland, which is worrisome, I guess. But, you know, it should be to Ted, at least, I would think, you know.
1: So, I, I mean, I, I think that one thing you can see is that there are relatively few people on the left that were ideologically motivated by genuinely populist policies, and whether you like them or not they were populist. There was a general concern and they would have benefited really all groups if they could work. Okay. So whatever you think about socialized medicine, I would say the impulse behind it for people who supported that, and especially people who were really interested in supporting Bernie, remember when Bernie and Kamala and Joe all hated each other, Mm -hmm. when they were supporting Bernie, that was a desire to see access to medical care for everyone. It really didn't have to do with if you were black or white or whatever. Right. Okay? Right. So that's so why, so why my 80 year old dad
0: was a Bernie. There you guy. go.
1: Right. That that is kind of hard to weaponize, and it's really expensive. So it's not really coincidental that that dropped out. Obviously, Bernie caved just like you did four years ago. That dropped out, and what you had was in Wall Street funding for Biden or Trump, respectively. You had like a five to one pro Biden ratio. Hmm. Okay, so what you have in each of these cities, whether it's Philly or Portland or whatever, Chicago, is you have folks at the top, and this kind of reformed as the Democratic Party moved to the left in the 90s, but the Democratic Leadership Council, the kind of old centrist, but not blue dog, not conservative Democrats, people, I mean, Bill Clinton really pioneered this, Tony Blair did the same thing in Britain, where ideologically, they can be pushed as far left as you need them to go. But you have to not allow that to have anything to do with economics. Right. It's got to be or economic restructuring. The, the economy stupid, as, as right. I think Clinton said, right. and maybe it had more
0: than one meaning than at that moment. Right. Um, you, you mentioned social democratic patronage regimes, and I thought yeah. of uh, Death Throes of the Republic, a its early hardcore history, Dan Carlin, at, okay. long form. So it's not his best work, although it is really quite good. Five uh sessions, I think about two to three hours each, and it really takes you through everybody. I've gone through it twice. But I one thing I remember most is precisely this sort of patronage regimes of families making social promises to the people to get them to vote them into power for a time. Mm-hmm. And that is effectively mm-hmm. Rome failing republic into empire. Right. Uh, yeah? yeah? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah and I I think that that is a potential thing right yeah, yeah. that is that is something that could happen like I would say what's on the table is not just how will these certain state legislatures deal with the vote tallies in their states what's also on the table is how does the government even function because you're dealing with a situation where the nature of Trump's second term if he has a second term is going to be vastly different because the political realities leading to it were vastly different. I think
0: I mean, no matter this was a listen to Shapiro's Sunday evening special where he interviewed a guy, a professor from somewhere who, of course, I should know his name and give him credit. But his genius insight, not to give any debt to, to Shapiro, I mean, it was it was this guy was that uh, Biden, Harris slash Harris, especially will be a lame duck president the entire time, especially with the week in Congress and a Senate set against her. And so no matter who wins this, you are going to have a four year year, uh, lame duck president, uh, unless the machine behind it, you know, the tech media machine can shove stuff past the Senate and the Congress. I mean, that, yeah. that would be what they'd have to be able to yeah. do, but I think that that's a fair assessment politically without looking at either party and saying this, that
1: I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. And so I stand by what I said about Trump just now. I don't know if lame duck implies something after sure which is sure, how sure. the duck is laying so, so
0: what i mean then is like an illegitimate mandate. so biden shouted that okay. he had a mandate already for yeah, something, right, right right it's right, like no right. you don't and everyone's gonna be screaming no you don't we're gonna be louder about that than we were about trump you know you think we're gonna go away now
1: you know right. <laughs> so I, I i would say that what what is going to be unstable there are a couple of things that are unstable and uncertain and and potentially very strange in a Biden-Harris presidency, and it's a Biden-Harris presidency because the most unstable thing is, of course, Joe Biden himself. With Pelosi what the introducing actual... legislation to be able to remove a sitting president, just right. uh, what four right. weeks ago? Right. What is the actual nature? And that that wasn't about Trump. You know that That's, wasn't. That was about what Trump. my
0: article in Mad Monday
1: said. Right. That was my my call. Is like, I think right. I think she told the truth that it wasn't about Trump when she said it wasn't yeah, about it's, Trump. I think it's it's she's not about. She's watching it, it what's was going not on. Not about Trump, and Kamala is there. Because Kamala is pliable. If you look at her career, she is notable. She's only consistent in being very pliable in every single position she's ever had. I would
0: argue she's also a bit consistent in being grating on the ears to listen to.
1: Just just a touch. Yeah, yeah. Consistent. She is not there. And I think you would see a process going on there that you also have in the late Roman Republic, but I think it began in the Obama administration. I think that Obama gives rise to Trump in in a couple different senses. And one is that already in the Obama administration, you see rather open discussion among various power groups within the administration of what is the best thing to do. So you get like the Michael Scheuer book, ex-CIA complaining about American foreign policy. How can that happen? Well, the reason that's happening is because different parts of the state call it. I don't don't even call it deep. It's just that's how our state is. It's the all federal okay. government. Yeah. Yeah. Our 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 lovely public servants. They are open. They openly disagree about what to do. So, for instance, let me give you an example of how this could play out. Let's say whether it's Biden or Harris actually calling the shots, it really doesn't matter. I'm not really sure that they're calling the shots. But I do know that they will have a different foreign policy than Trump, who just
0: brokered a peace deal that got Emma a Nobel Peace Recommendation, and it might set the entire Middle East against us, which would be a really unfortunate thing in the way. I look for,
1: well, for the first time since Eisenhower, we don't have a new foreign conflict in the past four years. Yeah, that, yeah. that is something. Yeah. That's something. Only
0: president not to start a war. I, I voted for that reason too. I thought it was pro life so, first, but I'm a, I'm a Ron Paul Re- Republican, so yeah, I'm with you on that.
1: So I think that you will definitely have, um, and the Heritage Foundation is already which is ostensibly conservative, whatever that means. The Heritage Foundation is already trying to redefine the term endless wars because they know it's embarrassing that we're still, quote, in Afghanistan. Hmm. I think you would see new foreign adventures, let's call them that, um, you, under You were, you were under supposing there
0: like like the potential of, well, I, I don't know. You're trying to kind of draw a potential scenario of Biden-Harris to show how uh, they will be not so much a lame duck but a, 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 a crumpled or a disputed presidency with less of an ability to push its agenda yet still able to really change by executive order, significant achievements of the president. I think the Mexico City policy sure. probably should also be mentioned here. It's a, it's a, a pro-life versus a pro-baby-killing policy um, right. and, and whatnot. So that kind of thing they can do and there's going to do because the machine is going to tell them what to do on that matter.
1: I'm not even saying people will think they're illegitimate any more than I'm saying people won't fall for the idea of like more crazy lockdowns in the United States. I think the media will be able to do to, especially generations that have been inundated by supposedly trustworthy media, they'll do whatever they want. What I'm not, I'm not talking about what will even occur ostensibly politically, I'm saying that they will try to go on foreign adventures with a population that is largely obese. (laughs) Okay. And has enormous difficulty recruiting anyone for any kind of military position at this point. Right, right, right. right. They're going to try to do that without a draft and maintain a world, a world empire. So what I'm saying is that what is uncertain is not, What will, what may or may not be their public legitimacy, and we'll be told that transgender eight year olds are stunning and brave. Right. What I'm saying is that we are going to continue trying to do what we were doing in the 90s when we were, you know, killing Serbs. Right. We're going to continue trying to do that. That's the policy we just voted for. Right. Right. Right with a country that is vastly less healthy than it was 30 or 40 years now, ago. I now, think,
0: I think that if I'm going to be fair to uh, the boss and his his ilk, um, or the big guy, or whatever you want to call him, um, yeah. it, I think that they're counting on immigration to be the solution to this. And that in some way, whether legal or illegal, it doesn't matter. Non-English speaking warriors would be the preference anyway. We'll just whip them into shape. They're poor. They're cheap. Let's just get more. Yeah. And I, not that I think that, but if if I were a Roman Republic familial slave owner like these guys in D.C., um, I I might you know I might.
1: Sure, I I think I think that there are several unstable things about that, and Agreed. that's why that's why a lot of what we're talking about here ties into where we're gonna be going eventually. Because I think that part of the issue with the media narrative is that for both people on the right and on the left our listeners are probably largely on the right. We have been told that America is historically unique and it's really not helpful to think that way because it doesn't enable you to see potential things that could be a problem. So here's a potential thing that could be a problem for a Biden-Harris administration trying to prosecute foreign wars. Unfortunately for them, our, and I don't mean this disparagingly at all, our mercenary class, the people that pull the triggers in the United States are overwhelmingly archetypal Trump voters. That's right. They are they are overwhelmingly rural descended white men who whose ancestors came to the country more than 150 years ago at this point. So they have no interest in having either 8-year-old boys turn into girls nor did they probably vote for that at all in any sense. Right. So What you're dealing with is you would have to find or create a mercenary class almost overnight, or you have a highly unstable situation where everyone who is able to physically protect you, and this is not even, we're not even talking about like Portland style violence. I'm talking about different parts of the government, even if they are ostensibly all left wing, Different parts of the government have disagreements with each other about what we should be doing, either domestically or internationally. Because disagreement is one thing that everyone agrees is going up and up, and that tally is going up and up and up. You know, so we the, should expect
0: a, to see you know competition between, say, the CIA and the FBI
1: for r- rule, for rain, for we, influence for power, we yeah, already and, do, and, right? And all the other power brokers. Yeah, I mean, right. I think That's just we, an example. These, We saw it already in how the different handling of like the New York Times versus the Washington Post on different issues. Um, We saw it in the fact that some people did interview Snowden. None of this really has to do with something that is traditionally left or right. Part of why I would like listeners to reorient the way that they think about politics i mean the
0: snowden thing is just so so huge to even say that and drop this in the scenario because anybody who is saying oh fraud's impossible then they don't know who edward snowden is
1: they just (laughs) don't they have no clue and they should go listen to
0: rogan's like eight hours of interviews with him where you get all manner of stuff and you have no idea what our government's not only possible but shown to have done Several presidents now, I would say. Right. You know, it's, it's a right. way back. Yeah. Right. So, hey, we got right. a – you mind we tangent again here? We got a, no, an, go ahead. A, an email from a listener, and we did mention that we want to always answer the emails from the listeners. So, so we finally got one. We might as well answer it. Uh, so <laughs> uh, Ben, ben uh, who is 25 and from Wisconsin, says this. He says, I've been listening to Brief History of Power podcast with Professor Kuntz. Uh, some of the content's a little quirky and over my head but interesting. I think it's important to recognize the various – ways fallen man has used or abused power, political or otherwise, in the centuries since the fall. However, I'd like to take issue with something Professor Kuhn said in the last two episodes. He said America is not unique, and the idea of America as the best doesn't mean much because everyone who thinks their own fatherland is the best. If I'm misrepresentant, he says, I apologize. Now, I don't think I have a rose-eyed view of the USA. I struggle with the thought of the unjust actions taken in forming the country, and at various other times in the centuries since then. But isn't there something to be said for the U.S.'s original outline of limited government? So his argument is effectively the limited lim- government is, in fact, special. Um, of three branches, meant to keep each other in check. Isn't there something uniquely good about a written Bill of Rights, especially, and so again, yeah, so the, the, the recognition in our Constitution that we as humans have rights, that that is uniquely special is also his argument. And that's where I would make my argument too, uh, especially yeah. concerning free speech and free practice of religion. Uh, and contra the left, he goes on, uh, can it be appreciated that even in the opening years of the Republic, the seeds were planted to eventually do away with slavery? I'm thinking of things like the thir- th- Three-Fifths Compromise, uh, which limited the power of slave states, right? So even though it was all if you think about it like it's a human rights violation, it nonetheless was the seed to get rid of it. And so as uh, is, uh, um, Martin Luther King Jr. says, a promise not yet fulfilled, but a promise made back then nonetheless. Uh, he goes on, uh, I admit I, uh, I follow openly conservative outlets such as Prager PragerU who argue that America is a uniquely good and just country. Perhaps they're wrong, but another commentator, Andrew Clavin from the Daily Wire, argues that America is unique and that it is a creedal country. Uh, that is, regardless of your skin color or heritage, you can be an American if you believe in the Constitution, right? So that is that is interesting. That does make it a faith claim. Uh, if, and yeah, that is also right. interesting that Clavin that is a, uh, a born uh, Hebrew, I believe, who is a Christian convert. I'm very unfamiliar with the history story and tradition of, of his conversion and, and who he aligns with. But going yeah, I on, know. I think this is a useful comparison, says, Ben, especially since I belong to a creedal religion. So I guess my question is, can I, as a confessional Lutheran, believe in Christ, confess the Book of Concord, and not trust in princes, while at the same time think that America is uniquely good and just nation? Or is that just love of my, oh, I'm going to introduce the word fatherland instead of country there, talking, yeah. thanks for your consideration. Ben, God bless yeah, the USA, great. and uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Doctor Koontz, what do you think?
1: Yeah, there's, there's a lot in there, and I think what he's hearing and what I'm saying is A narrative that he's probably very familiar with from schooling at whatever level, which is if you don't think that America is uniquely good, you have to think that it's uniquely evil. And notice that both the left and the right talk about America in religious terms. That is, it's uniquely good or whatever on the left that it has an original sin. And the point of like the New York Times 1619 project is to give you a sense of America's original sin, which they're saying is slavery. And one of the things that I'm doing here is trying to say that America is a country and one's interest in it is simply because you live here. If you don't live here, you should be interested in it because it is so important, for better or for worse, at this point in history. But you're, you don't have to say America's unique. It's not unique in having slavery. It's also not unique in having the freedoms that it had. It's unique in its own history. And that's okay, and that's good. The Bill of Rights, for instance, exists as a written document, as compensation to anti-federalists for the fact that the Constitution exists, and they didn't simply redo or you know, kind of clean up the Articles of Confederation like they said they were going to. And if you understand you sound, that- you, history,
0: sound, you sound bitter, Dr. Coons. Well, yeah, I mean, I think- I mean, I mean most I, of us don't even know this story,
1: and you seem a bit, right. a, a bit aggravated. Well, we'll get, we'll get there, you know, but I, I think that, I think that that's one thing you don't, you don't have to believe in America. It's right wait, here. Wait,
0: I got to go back to, are you telling me there was a time like a 200 years ago when like a political machine in Philadelphia, like you know, whitewashed yeah. something over the country? Really? Yeah. Like by a bit. F- fraud and representation and stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not sure I believe that initially. Yeah. Do you, I'm going to go, I'm going hard Jefferson, left, hard left, Jefferson hard left, hard, was hard out left, did we land on the moon? Dr. Coons, did we land on the moon? uh sure okay really i don't know i don't know either so okay we have 15 minutes <laughs> left and we can go anywhere else you want
1: to go but well hey. so so what i want to say is besides that besides the idea that you don't have to believe in your country it's there hm. you have to know what happens so you can know what to do but it's there you don't have to believe in it and and that applies regardless of your skin color you know i don't have to believe in my neighbor he's either there or he's not my neighbor. Well, that's interesting because I, let, me, let me let me agree and disagree because
0: yeah. there is something about uh, what the neighbor is that you're right. I don't have to believe he exists, but yeah. civilization is founded on us trusting each other. And although Christianity will use the word belief to talk about both kinds of things, I think the yeah. trust is really the key point of the Christian faith and, and would then apply here as well uh, that it's not – I don't have to be creedal in the sense that I believe what my neighbor believes, but I believe that my neighbor does believe we're supposed to be at peace with each other. And there's something about that built into the American ethos, which I would contend, if not unique in history, like singularly, is on the better side of the options, right? Like there's other options that really
1: suck. (laughs) <laughs> I'm completely fine with that. Yeah. I mean, but I think people I, hear I, us
0: saying the opposite. That's the that's where the yeah. real mishearing is: people hearing you say it's all bad. Then, right? Because it's not all good. It's for I, all bad.
1: No, no, not at all. And I'm, I, I have no other country. So I have right. no other allegiance. I don't want it to be different. I can't go anywhere. And my ancestors were all here when the, when the country as a country started. But this is your so, point
0: from your argument earlier when you mentioned that this is a false economy that media has put is, upon us. This yeah, is either totally. all bad or all good. And that right. we have, by this media message, been almost incapable of thinking in
1: nuance about the issue. So I think it demonstrates it quite well. I think the danger especially is that it makes people on the right trust in paper. And that's hmm. never what the country was. That's never what the country was, because if the people that were interested in having a bill of rights had said, well, these are the procedures we have now. We know Rhode Island didn't ratify the Constitution, but it's the Constitution. So that's not how it works. And you guys are kind one of small. Of my, try to fight back. Go ahead. And one of my favorite things about recent American history involves the 2000 Florida recount. Because you had something there that is absolutely essential to the exercise of of democracy that Dennis Prager and his crowd never tell you about. And that is that if you do not interpose yourself physically sometimes, you won't have a democracy. You have to show up. You have to get off the Internet and stop taking your Hillsdale courses in the Constitution. It's great that you know the Constitution. I do, too. But it doesn't matter on some level. Because the Brooks Brothers riot is a bunch of lawyers in Brooks Brothers, you know, F in the chat for Brooks Brothers, a great American institution now gone, they showed up in their Brooks Brothers suits, and they physically interposed themselves, so that the crooked recount in Broward County could not continue. Right. Which is
0: why that's what you got to do where you are. If you're in one of these states where this is going on, and only get to call your local congressman and the state legislature to say, the right thing to do is the right thing to do. Don't be a liar and go to hell like liars do. And I'm not kidding. Say that to the man, who a woman, whoever they might be. Yeah. Um, so you have that, but also uh, the protests that are set down in Philadelphia, right? There's protests saying, yeah. this is not what we voted for. Hello. Yes. And be part of that. You want the American system? That is the American system. And what, yes. Th- what, what betrays the left as much as anything else is that after four years of saying he's not our president and and we, we have to fight, fight, resist, 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 like now we're just all supposed to turn around and sit down and just shut up on the other side. Yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no, we're allowed to kind of exercise our right of assembly and demonstration and all that, which yeah. – but, but your point I think that's way better than this goes back to – what the identity of, of uh, the U.S. Revolution slash Articles of Confederation slash Don't Tread on Me, Let's Be Neighbors and Civil idea that got kind of dampened in the uh, uh, Constitutional Convention and so forth mm-hmm. without digging all the way into that in the history of all that. But yeah. maybe it is. This is, yeah, this we'll is a there. nice thing to do. Let's just kind of say, well, what does that have to do with Jamestown? I mean, does Jamestown have anything to do with the overarching final meta yeah. of where we are right now?
1: It has to do with understanding that we came from a specific historical place. And because of that, if we know what that place was and why it happened, we can understand what the truth is now. So if I understand that and we'll we'll go there next time in more detail, just telling the story. If I understand that the reason that we that we started having African slaves alongside and prior to that, European slaves, Irish, right? in the virginia colony was because they they did not get the minerals that they expected to find in the new world and john rolfe pocahontas's husband john smith we don't know contra disney if he actually had any relationship with her john rolfe was actually married to her john rolfe said hey we can we can use tobacco as a cash crop cash crops are generally especially in subtropical and tropical environments labor-intensive We need tons of labor that we don't have. Hmm. And that's how we started. It wasn't some sort of metaphysical evil located in their white skin or their Christianity. So so this
0: is Jamestown. What year, though, is this kind of thing taking place? This is
1: Jamestown. The the intensive cropping, uh, the the cash cropping is going to begin after 1610. So they start in 1607. They don't really figure out how they can all stay there until after 1610. Which is when they start bringing in because large amounts of labor. Because
0: this is a venture capital
1: thing. Well, yeah, right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, James, yeah. this
0: this isn't Plymouth Rock.
1: Nope. No Plymouth Rock, which <laughs> I'm going to do in a separate episode. If it's important
0: in which, to like, see. a very different thing. A
1: separate episode in which I will probably get emotional. Plymouth Rock is actually they're not they're not they're not sinless. But Plymouth Rock is actually about religious it's ideas. It's an idealistically it's, great thing. It's it's very idealistic. Yeah. Jamestown yeah. was not, and that's where we'll go next time. So
0: Jamestown is the venture capital that started
1: it all. Although wasn't Charlestown the first one that
0: then got wiped out? How well, did that there were go? two
1: there were two that didn't work, and they all come from the same venture capital company called the Virginia Company.
0: Oh and the two that
1: don't work before Jamestown are Roanoke, and that's usually the one people know about because it disappeared. So-
0: does the and Vir- there's
1: also one called the Popham Colony. No one knows about that unless you're from New England. I, I want to ask about all that next time and really write it down. Yeah, does, sure. does the
0: Virginia Company have anything to do with why there's a West
1: Virginia? Uh, that all comes late. I'm happy to talk about that. Too, I mean, just tell me—is comes... me, my hunch? No, no,
0: no. Okay, okay.
1: No, the, cool. but the Virginia Company are the people that hook up the separatists, then living in the Netherlands, with people who can help them get to what was supposed to be Virginia, but ends up becoming Plymouth Rock. So the Virginia oh, company, which is a venture capital structure, is responsible for both Jamestown and Plymouth. Ultimately. And Plymouth.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but then, okay, so West Virginia must be much later than in the, in the West timeline. Virginia
1: doesn't exist as its own thing until 1863.
0: Because yeah. I guess, and, but what is the separation of West Virginia from
1: Virginia over in one sentence? It has to do with the resentment of Northwestern Virginians... About a variety of issues relative to the rest of Virginia, and it's precipitated by the secession vote in uh, the Virginia House of Delegates at the beginning of what would become the civil war
0: i mean what i'm I guess what I'm wondering is is the fact that Virginia began initially as a venture capital company, and yet the the flag that it flew was that of liberties and rights uh the more virginia was close to say alexandria say dc and the development of of a federal government uh the more the brand didn't match with the reality and you see that in the rural versus uh city side split of the state early on in its uh, identical politics i having knowing nothing about it i'm just yeah, guessing yeah. is that well, right well you get
1: you get you get you get a replay in what they call and, you know i have it's like a, yeah a quarter of my family is west virginia crowd what they call the peasantry of the west <laughs> is always opposed to the planter class that runs virginia politics but you you see the same dynamic played out early, very early on in virginia where poor whites work for rich whites as what as what are effectively slaves before slavery becomes a more purely racial issue later on in virginia history
0: i don't know where um I saw this again other than our my, my Mad Mondays newsletter, but uh, someone else had posted this and then shared it and it came back through again. Mm-hmm. A, a list of five or six points for what people, what Christians and or people of goodwill, people of religious goodwill should do yeah. at a time like this beyond what we just advised in terms of like the immediate, but actually more in the long term. And what was cool in that it was shared from a listener slash viewer uh, through you know, our system here, Mad Christianity and whatnot. Uh, was that many of the ideas coming from this other space that 's not related to us were suggesting the same things um, get a hold of paper books, build yourself a library, get involved yeah. in your local community and know your neighbors, run for local political office, expect uh, a city state reality to arise you know in the yeah. next fifty years uh, and, and that kind okay. of thing and so I thought that was pretty encouraging i don 't know if you know in light of the election fiasco i mean my my message is consistently uh, been just this, like it doesn't matter right now. Like the story, the myth matters because of the long term. And, yeah. and 30 years from now, you're right. It does matter. But then that means you know the future a little bit now. Yeah. And so yeah, you yeah, yeah. should be acting now upon different things that are, are very easy to do, but you can't do them sitting on the internet. You really right.
1: can't. You got to get it, off your butt. It matters and it doesn't matter because the thing is, if you're sitting there at any one given point in history and you are here right now, you are alive right now, you don't know what someone else's choice is going to lead to. Hmm. So you want to be somebody as much of somebody that has options, skills, something to offer friends, people you trust, people, you know, so that you have as much freedom going forward as you possibly can because you don't want to be the guy who looks back long after John Rolfe is like, what if we made tobacco a cash crop? And you're like, wow, we have this enormous political problem of slavery on our hands. What do we do now? Yeah, right. Because after a while, something that didn't seem like a big deal becomes a really big deal. And it's the reason not just in part, that the United States fought a civil war, it's the reason, somewhat less importantly to most people, West Virginia and Virginia aren't the same place. Is
0: because life is a survival simulation game that's not really a simulation, and it says something about what a rat in a cage you are that you would think you would need to play a survival simulation to get a rush out of your day. It means you, you maybe are a bit more numbed than you realize, yeah. and I speak as uh, Chief of Sinners there, <laughs> by the way. Uh, so, hey, uh, Dr. Adam Kuntz, a uh, white guy out there at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana, trying to teach the world to think straight as well as see straight, I think. Uh, Pastor Jonathan Fisk, I do a bunch of stuff online with Mad Christianity, but this is A Brief History Power with Two White Guys, hoping to enlighten you to fight the good fight of simply being a good citizen, a good man, a good person, uh, a- an upright human being wherever you are. We will catch you on the flip side.